hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Your Success DNA from YourSuccessAtLast.com. Those those motivational oomphs that you need every single day, those core inspirational building blocks, they're going to help you get what you need to get done, done. What day is it? Mick, 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 mick. <laughs> yeah, it's hump day. Here we are halfway through the week. You know, I I personally, I, I'm lucky enough to really enjoy doing what it is I do. So the motivation for me to be happy that it's hump day is that I have something special going on this weekend. What's your motivation? Uh, are you happy that it's hump day because you get to spend two days away from work? Uh, might be something you might want to consider changing. Uh, and that's that's today's question. What it is, what do you want or need to change? Perhaps need to change to a job where you don't hate going into work. I know a lot of people have that. There's always something going on in your world that you want or need to change. That's just part of growth. And it might not be a bad thing. Maybe you just want to, uh, to, to change something to something better. Maybe it's already good. You want to make it great. Maybe it's great. You want to make it outstanding, whatever it might be. So, um, maybe you need to change your motivators. And we're talking about motivations over the course of the next few episodes. Um, do you need to change your motivators? You know, probably not. I've learned that lots of people, what it is they need to change is their demotivators or their I can'ts. Uh, and still others, as you'll hear me talk about here in a minute, um, use those I can'ts as their motivators. One example I have is in a story I read, oh God, it must have been a few years ago now, about David Beckham. Now, there's a name most of us know, but for those of you out there that might not know who David Beckham is, he was the top soccer player in the UK, making his first team debut back in, what was it, 1992 at the age of 17. Uh, he hit the uh, the international soccer circuit in 1996 for England. Um, and he was, what, 21 at that point? I don't know, you could do the math, right? Made the captain of the team for six years. Um, won the FIFA, it was the FIFA uh, Cup World Tournaments three times, five UEFA European Championship Tournaments. And all that, really, if you think about it, that's that's team effort, right? But when you're the captain of the team, you're a big piece of that. Um, and then he made the FIFA list of the top 100 living soccer players in 2004. But here's the thing. All of that might have never happened because when he was at the ripe old age of 13, still dreaming of becoming a pro soccer player, a pro football player, we call it soccer here in the United States, um, one of his coaches literally said those dark magic words. You will never play for England because you're too small and not strong enough. Yeah. And, and and really, Mr. Beckham uh, was was devastated when he heard these words for a while, because I mean, think about it. That's coming from a person of authority, someone you're looking up to. Not just the fact that you know, hey, I'm 13 and and you're an adult, so I'm looking up to you for guidance. But you're my coach. I mean, come on. It was his dream to be the captain of the English soccer team, the English football team. 
But what did begin to ring in his head, even at the age of 13, or maybe it was because he was 13, and he was still young enough that his dreams hadn't been crunched out of him or crunched down, um, what was ringing in his head was the fact that he could throw himself into that dream and prove that coach wrong. He, he literally thought, I'm going to prove that I can play football professionally. And the kicker, no pun intended, is that this was back in the day when the reigning thought was you had to be big and able to kick the ball as far as possible. And as many of you know who, who follow soccer and football, David Beckham changed that perception with his speed, those bending kicks. That's how you got that name, Bend It Like Beckham, and his uncanny scoring ability. Beckham turned his I can'ts, um, or his you can'ts, into a motivator. See, all of us have had someone speak the words, you can't, whatever it is you're dreaming or whatever your wonderful ideas. It could have been a coach, could have been a teacher, could have been a family member. And you know, perhaps they had good intentions. Perhaps they thought they were trying to save you from the hurt of failure, the, the frustrations and the hard work that you'd experience along your road to success, or as you've heard me call it, your success atlas, right? Perhaps it was even there was an even more important person telling you that you can't, that you can't be and you can't have and you can't do all that you dream, desire and deserve. Perhaps that person is you. You see, attitude has this direct impact on your success. No matter how you define success, money, fame, fame, wealth, right? Or just being a good mom or a good dad. With a success to you as being a, a good student, uh, a profit, creating a profit-generating business, a man or woman raising a child. Whatever it is that you have and are ready to offer to the world, your attitude, positive or negative, will have a direct impact on the quality and the quantity of your success. And, and that attitude is primarily driven by things in your life, past, present and your view of the future that you focus upon and uh, if you focus on success both large and, and small those of your past and your present then your future will continue to be populated with such successes so if you keep thinking about hey i was able to get that done in my past and i overcame this and i did that and this was a big one this was a small one if you keep looking at those ways you won that can keep happening to you in the future. If, however, you focus on that which you did not accomplish, your foibles, your stumbles, your bumbles, your falls, then your future will continue to be clouded with events and tasks that you believe you cannot accomplish. I, I, here, let me give you another example. Someone that's not a superstar, right? A small example of such can't focus attitude uh, is myself. Um, I grew up with what some would call, I don't know, a gift for drawing. For as long as I can remember, I've always been able to just scribble and to draw and to and just put things on paper, birds, tanks, planes. When I was a kid, I remember drawing hawks and, and, and battle scenes and airplanes, and, and then it shifted to cars. But I kind of zeroed into the human body. That was always one of my favorite things to draw. However, I'm red-green colorblind. So growing up, I knew I did not see color the same way you you might or the rest of the world did. That 
led me to the belief that I could not draw in color nor paint. And I actually remember one time as a small kid drawing a, uh, a yard scene in color and the comments that burned into my head, even to this day, 52 years old, even to this day, was, wow, his grass is brown. See, this self-limiting attitude followed me, gosh, well into my 30s when I finally decided to bury that belief that I can't do color, right? Uh, what I had always been able to do really crisply and really well with pencil and shading. So what I do? Well, I went out and bought one of those uh, paint kits and videos. Um, many of you may know the name Bob Ross. Uh, and up a, he was a, just a great painter and had uh, just really this technique that was was simple. You took the colors and you put it on the canvas, which really sounds simple, but he had a way of doing that and just making things explode off the canvas. So he had a, a, a kit where he's like, everything was in there, the paints, the video, the canvas. You buy the box, take it home, watch the video, and put it on uh, the canvas. In about a week, I had painted my first color lakeside sunset scene, complete with wispy clouds and proud tree lines. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it was no Picasso, right? It was no Rembrandt. But I felt a pride that everyone feels when they finally overcome an obstacle. You know, one of those ones that's been in your way for far too long. I mean, that was a moment I decided I could totally put my I can'ts to death because that was an I can't I'd had since childhood. So later on, I actually sat down and began writing um, my death row of I can'ts. I sat down that weekend and, and wrote, oh, what, God, I don't know, it seemed like hours. I wrote down everything that I had ever let my brain entertain the words I can't for. I can't speak in public. I can't lead a, a team of Fortune 500 professionals, actually Fortune 10 professionals at the time. I can't raise a child. I can't, I can't, I can't. One thing after another, really just, uh, this verbal vomit onto the page. And when I felt I had exhausted my I can'ts, right, to the fullest, I took those pieces of paper and folded them up a little bit. Actually, I think I actually crumpled one up. And I walked out back to the grill, right? Fired it up, removed the grates out of there, and began dangling those pieces of paper, dropped that wrinkled up one down in there, and literally watched my, uh, my can'ts burn and I burned them one by one by one and as I watched my I can'ts go up in smoke I literally started using okay you've heard me say I don't really like them but when they're used in in combination with action affirmations I started saying the very I can't and I flipped them into I can's right I can speak in public once I get some training experience I can lead a fortune 500 uh, team of employees if we all have the same goal in mind I can raise a child alone if necessary and as long as I continue to be a good father I can build my own business I can I can I can one by one my I can'ts met their Viking demise, right, as they went up in smoke. And I, I started replacing them with a more positive outlook of what I, of what I can do and, and how I can do it by taking steps to get it done. Not too long ago, I learned that I'm not the only one that uh, took an approach, uh, a death approach to their negative attitudes. Uh, Philip Childs, 
uh, told the story of his fourth grade class that spent a good portion of their morning doing what I did and wrote down all their cans onto pieces of paper. Not only the students, but the teacher as well wrote down all of their eye cans and then they placed them in a shoebox. So what they, then they took the sheets that they collected into the shoebox. The student led the students out into the playground, back in a far corner, and everyone took turns with the shovel, right? Digging, a, digging the hole. Uh, and, and that's where they were going to put their eye cans. And they placed them down there, and finally they covered them up. The teacher asked everyone to hold their hands in a circle around the grave and bow their heads. And then she began to, um, uh, he began uh, his eulogy. We are gathered here today to honor the memory of I can't. While he was with us, he touched each of our lives in some way. Some were touched in stronger ways than others. She be he began to speak um, of the surviving brothers and sisters of I can't who are, I can, I will, and I'm going to right now. Mentioning that while these surviving brothers and sisters are not as famous or as strong, well not yet, as their buried sibling, perhaps someday with our help, I can, I will, and I'm going to right now, will leave a much bigger mark on the world than I can't ever could. After the eulogy, the teacher and his stu uh, their students celebrated the uh, passing of I can'ts with a party of cookies and, and popcorn and juice. Finally, on the wall uh, in the back of the classroom, the teacher hung a headstone that read, I can't. And across the top, R-I-P. Okay? Every time one of the students forgot that I can't was dead and buried, they would merely point to the headstone on the wall, and they would rephrase their statement into an I can. So, all that's to say is now is the time to, to bury your I can'ts. I want you to... We all need to, to lay them to rest so that we can begin to spin the thread of success into the fabric of our life. There, there are not too many times when you'll read or hear me say specifically that I want you to focus on the negative. However, this is one of those exceptions to the positive thinking rule, right? I want you to think, sit down and make a list of all your I can'ts. All the ones that are floating around in your head, that are clouding up your soul, right? List them all out. List all the I can'ts that are stealing away the life that you want, that you dream, that you desire, and that you deserve. Write them one by one, right? And, and, and just fill them out on a piece of paper. Fill them out on an individual little three by five card, whatever it is you want to do until you've listed on, until you've exhausted the list of the I can'ts. Then, I want you to lay them to rest. Now you can follow my Viking style uh, trial by fire, bur or excuse me, burial by fire, or you can follow the, the route taken by the, uh, the fourth grade class, right? You can literally bury them. Whichever way you take it, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you go through the steps of writing them all down and literally laying them to rest once and for all as you state them as I can'ts, I wills, and I'm going to right now. All right. So, and then, and then, lastly, celebrate. All right. Celebrate the laying to the rest of your I can'ts. Go out and do something special. Go to Dave and Buster's and have dinner and play some fun games. Go see a movie. Go out with your special someone. Something that will mark this day in your memory. This way, anytime the ghost of I can'ts tries to haunt your mind, you'll be reminded 
of his or her demise. You will be reminded to restate that can't as one of his brothers or sisters. I can. I will. And we're going to right now. Alright, tomorrow we're going to be talking about how to stand out from the crowd. And with that, I'm going to leave you like I always do. Think successfully. Take action. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.